Blackhawks Live. It always helps when you win. Let's go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kanan Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gizmondi. we got about two weeks left in the uh, regular season here. The Blackhawks preparing to play host to the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night at the United Center. As always, you can hear that game here on 720 WGN. But uh, we're going to get this party rolling in just short order as we uh, say good evening to uh, Nick Gizmondi. Nick, you know, kind of a, another, kind of one of those uh, bittersweet days here for the for the Blackhawks because, you know, this is the uh, the third time in this calendar year that one of their their multiple Stanley Cup winners over the course of uh, you know the last decade or so has decided to end his playing career it was uh, Corey Crawford who technically was a member of the New Jersey Devils when he decided to make that call back in January and more recently uh, Brent Seabrook and today uh, you know Andrew Shaw decides uh, to walk away after 10 seasons and the real crime here Nick is that it wasn't 10 full seasons because of right. you know some of the injuries that he sustained over their course of times but you know a, a fan favorite who who really needs to be celebrated he will join us here shortly you know and, and there may have been uh, more players who are uh, players on those teams that were more talented more decorated definitely but uh, none that really kind of personified uh, this city here and uh, what these city, this, this city's fans love about certain athletes than Andrew Shaw himself. Yeah, Bodes, you know, it's it's bittersweet, like you said. It's it's one of those things where, I, you know, I had a, a thousand-foot view of this team for, for quite some time when I was working for NBC Sports and then the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, I watched these guys just be so dominant for so long. And Andrew Shaw was one of those guys that you just admired. Even if you weren't rooting for the Blackhawks, you just you admired the way the guy played the game. And, you know, he's... He was one of my favorite people to talk to, one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, I think back to the, you know, I believe it was the, I believe it was his first game ever in the NHL. Didn't he, didn't he open it up with like a fight and a goal? I mean, yes. if you're, you're going to indoctrinate <laughs> Almost a Gordy hat trick. It's like, let's go. <laughs> like, way to full send that, Shazzy. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, I'm happy that he has the clairvoyancy to make a decision that he feels that's right for him and his family. And, you know, I know he said it in the, in the, uh, in the video that was very, very well done, by yeah. the way. The, this this organization just continues to impress me at their classiness and the handling of situations like this. But um, I thought the video was very well done. And like you said, I don't believe that we've seen the uh, seen the last of Andrew Shaw. And by the way, I made a cameo in that video. I was excited. I got a couple yeah. messages about that. <laughs> yeah. Standing in there interviewing him. Legendary guys. So. Yes, uh, good stuff. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Chicago will uh, not have a short memory, of course, when it comes no. to Andrew Shaw. And uh, no. part of those 2013 and 2015 Stanley Cup winners will also be joined a little bit later in the show by another two-time Stanley Cup winner in Dave Boland. Uh, pleased to catch up with uh, Dave. We last saw him here on the, one of the One More Shifts back in October of 2019, which seems like ages ago. But uh, we're going to take our first break here so we can get to Andrew in uh, in uh, short order here. Again, you're listening to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive, what Kane and Taves drive. Nick Ismondi, Chris Bowden, we will be joined by Andrew Shaw next on 720 WGN. What do you Say we show these guys how to play some road hockey. Street hockey. Oh, you're getting lippy already, are you, kid? Taves, he's pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> Don't tell him that, though. It'll go to his head. Shazzy. That's going to be Andrew Shaw. Ah, uh, Shazzy. Well, I think that's uh, an obvious Andrew Shaw. We love him. 
that uh, once in a while, if you can just pick a time, put them on mute, you know, take 20 minutes off and, and then unmute them, then, then we'll be good. I'm sure a lot of people said me. I don't know why, but I'll just say myself. Rosal off on the right point, fires, he scores! Hawks win! Hawks win! And triple overtime! Michael Rosal firing from the line, and somehow that one got by to the rest! The Blackhawks lead the Boston Bruins one game to none in the Stanley Cup Finals! Oh, we know who went off, Hope. And we're not going to mute him either. Uh, welcome back <laughs> in to Chevy Drive Chicago. Blackhawks Live presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Chris Bone along with Nick Ismani. There's some of the best of Andrew Shaw during uh, seven years of his decade-long NHL career spent here in Chicago. And we are now pleased to be joined by 65 himself. Andrew, uh, you know, thanks so much for taking the time out on what is a busy, emotional day, I am sure, for you. And I guess where I'll start is with all the reaction that you have received and all the feedback you have received today, all the guys you've been talking about and reconnecting with. Uh, I mean, do you feel about as drained today as you did probably heading into a uh, a game six against Boston eight years ago or a game six against Tampa Bay some six years ago? I imagine it's uh, been kind of uh, an emotional grind here for you today. Oh, definitely mentally exhausted, but uh, it's, it's obviously nice to feel the love and see all the support I had through the years and just trying to look back and, and think about all the amazing things that I've accomplished and uh, all the amazing memories that I've created over the years as well. Shawzi Gizmo here. Uh, first of all, congratulations on, on an epic career, and thank you for being as kind as you were to me in, in year one last year when I was the new guy. It, it, it did mean a lot, and I, I did always love and enjoy our, our conversations. So thank you for that. Good people, man. That's what, I, that's what I like about this job. There's a lot of good people involved. Tell me about the emotions that led up to a decision like this, and then we'll look back and have some fun with uh, with all the amazing moments that you had in a, in a Chicago Blackhawks jersey. But what was the lead-up to this like? What was the time frame for you? And, and you know, what ultimately led to the decision to, 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 make a, to make a tough call but the right call for you? Well, what led to the decision was the doctor's telling me that enough's enough. It's going to continue to happen, and we don't want your long-term health to be affected, and the quality of life the last few years have been very tough uh, with, you know, being having a few head injuries and trying to rehab and get out of it. Having, you know, going to some dark places and feeling, you know, not myself and having to work to get out of it just to, to get back to playing the game I love again, just to wind up going through that whole thing that whole process over again and the doctors you know they dr michael terry uh he he's been with the team a very long time i've known him my entire time here he's taken care of me and my family so i had to listen to him this time uh, i think it's about time i listened to him so it wasn't really my decision um the decision of the experts and I have to listen to him. Uh, it's tough for me to, to walk away from the game that I love, the game that I played when I was four years old, and the game that's given me everything, you know, um, memories, uh, friendship, relationships. And it's, it was a hard decision, but one that needed to be done. And uh, having my family support that decision as well, uh, 
is great. They're going to help me move past this, move on, make sure I'm okay. And, you know, my wife, my wife's my rock. So she sacrificed a lot for our family, and now it's, it's my turn to, to sacrifice for them. Yeah, and you said earlier today, uh, your wife better get ready because you got you got to be yapping at somebody all the time. And you're not going to be able to do that in the room anymore. But you all, you also said you you uh, have no regrets over. Or you wanted to take one more swing at this, and uh, you have no regrets uh, about doing that. And uh, I, I'm sure in your mind, you just wish it would have lasted a little bit longer. Coming back here in Chicago, only 26 games last year and only 14 games this time around but no regrets at all and and uh, and you said you are you are feeling good right now you you are in a good place save for the, the emotions of of having to let go uh of this career i'm in a good spot i'm in a good place yes uh still work need to be done i think it's gonna take time obviously i mean time time heals all so i'll focus on that over the next while as well but also be able to wind down and, and spend some quality time with my wife and kids and my family back home as well. And that's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a sad day for sure. Let's turn it around a little bit and, 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 and talk about the, the, the fun memories of what was an amazing career for you. Uh, I remember, I, I, obviously, I, I was telling Chris, I had that 1,000-yard that view from before, but knew who you were the minute you stepped into the league. Your first game was, was legendary stuff, man. I mean, you went for, you were, you were one short of the Gordie Howe hat trick, but go back to the beginning and talk about the emotions that must have been firing through you when you stepped on and, and, just, and had an unbelievable first game and, and just sort of the entrance to the NHL and, and, and kind of how that set the stage for who you were and what your identity was as a player in this league for, for a lot of years. Well, being a Canadian kid, I watched a lot of hockey growing up. I played a lot of hockey as well. And I, I grew up in that era where hockey was tough and mean. You know, there was the bad boys out there. And I always told myself I'd love to be part of that. And uh, that opportunity came to play in my first game. I told myself before the game, like, if someone wants to fight, I'm going to fight. I don't care who it is. You'd have fought and the announcer. Be my second. <laughs> I would have. In Philly, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, that opportunity came. I said, oh, I'm going to do this. Got to be remembered. I got to make a mark. I got to make sure people remember the name, remember me. You know, you, you get one opportunity to uh, to grab people's attention. I left it all out there in that game, and I ended up scoring a goal in my first NHL shot as well. And I remember Coach Q saying to me, I was going to tell you not to fight. I knew you were going to fight. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what am I? you wouldn't have listened to me anyway. And he, like, <laughs> yeah, he, just, he, he knew he knew it, uh, just that's the type of guy I was. And, uh, he was okay with it. He's a coach that let me be me and helped me be successful that way as well. Yeah, and even even prior to that, I mean, uh, when did, in, in getting this fire in your belly, I, I, when did you decide you were not going to be denied to make it in the NHL? When you got bypassed a couple of, in a couple of drafts, and, and before the Blackhawks finally called your name uh, in the fifth round, uh, when did you decide that, that you weren't going to be denied and and decide what you needed to be and what you needed to do in order to get to the NHL? Well, I needed to 
be what got me there. What got me that opportunity was a kid that competed, a kid that worked hard, a kid that played with so much passion that he could outwork uh, the most skilled players if he could um, on any given night. And I just stuck to my guns when I was young. I just, even my old man was telling me, you know, you got to stop taking penalties. You got to stop, you know, causing so much stuff in front of the net. You know, I want you to play from home. You know, I, like a kid, you know, growing up, I didn't listen to my father. <laughs> and I continued to be that little pest. And, um, it, it, it got me to the OHL, and then it got me, you know, it kept me in the OHL for a few years. Um, but then there was a coach, Mark Reeves, who told me, Shazi, you got more skilled than anyone gives you credit for. I want you to be you. I want to want you to be a rat, but I know you can be better offensively. And he let me be me. He let me do whatever I pleased, as long as it didn't hurt the team too much. And then finally caught the eye of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And you know, when I was 19 years old, got drafted. We ended up winning the OHL that year. I uh, put up a point a game in the playoffs, went to the Memorial Cup, led the Memorial Cup in points, and then about two weeks later, I got drafted, and I'm at my first development camp, scoring a few goals, throwing some big hits, fighting a Dylan Olsen at a development camp, and then the next week, they signed me to an American League deal. Same thing, go to Rockford, fight a bunch of guys, score a bunch of goals, <laughs> Continue to work hard. Continue to play consistent hockey with with passion, and then got that first I just continued to be me and didn't let anyone tell me differently. And uh, no, I was true to myself. Believed in myself when no one else did. Well, some did, most didn't. But <laughs> like I said, I just stayed true to myself and continued to work and just shows them. Hard work does pay off, and if you really set your mind to something, you can achieve uh, those goals. Uh, that's a great message, and I think that's it's a lot of guys that are trying to come up in, yeah, the game of hockey, but a lot of other sports too. It's a tough road, and and it's easy to it's easy to pull off of it sometimes when when people discourage you. But uh, you know, cheers to your character, Shazi. I mean, ah, uh, you know, whatever. I'm gushing over you, but I'm a big fan. We all know that. I'm, I'm a tire pumper, and I think that. I think you're a rock star, and I'm I'm hoping you're sticking around so that we'll we'll at least be able to hang out and see you around. But if if you think about those those the memories, right? Cup in thirteen, cup in fifteen. But is there maybe something that we don't know that that sticks out to you? Maybe it was a moment in the locker room. Maybe it was something a teammate said. Maybe there was there's that one thing that happened over the course of your career in the NHL that sticks out as that. Oh, that was a really good time moment. Do you, do you have one of those that maybe we don't all know about? I mean, of course the Cups were great, but anything anything behind the scenes? Well, I mean, you can look at that Detroit series in 13 when we were down 3-1. to one. You know, we had a team meeting. Players, all, all the veteran players stood up, said their piece. Everyone listened. We went out and, and we took control, and we ended up winning that series, coming back, and stomping into the finals and, and winning there as well. I just think what people don't understand is the brothership that we had in the room. Um, the, that run of, you know, what, six years they were there. 
it was something that uh, you, you could write a movie about it. I mean, we cared for one another. We fought for one another. We competed, and, and we just pushed each other to be better. I think that was so much fun to be a part of, and I try and carry that on in life, not just hockey. You know, I think you care about people. You take care of people. People will take care of you. I think we all need help um, in certain times in our life, and you help others when they need it. And in your life, you're going to need it, and those people are going to be there to help you. So it's one thing I try to take out of my last 10 years as well is uh, you never know what's going on in someone's life. So be be thankful for yours. Be respectful. Be caring, and try to see. I don't know a view from everybody else's shoes. I think that was how our locker room was. I mean, all from different backgrounds, all from different countries, but we were there for the same goal. We were all going through our own stuff, whether it was injuries, home life, or anything, and we pushed each other through it. Great message to share as we let you go. And as we do that, I just want to get your thoughts real quick on uh, you've had an up-close view of, of what this organization is right now. Everything evolves, and you have a, have had a good look here the last couple of years on how things are turning over. What are your thoughts and, and feelings about where this organization is headed now with so many of these young guys uh, as part of what looks like a very bright future? Uh, I think Blackhawk fans in the city of Chicago, we got some some really young um, players, got a lot of experience this year. I think that's going to make them better. And this last uh, push for the playoffs is when you build a lot of character in yourself and a team. So I think it's very important for us to to compete and keep our foot on the gas. I think uh, think we've got a bright future. I think guys, uh, fans should be excited. I mean, I know it might seem tougher than, you know, because a few years ago we were, you know, the team of the century. And to continue to be the team of the century is tough in this salary cap era. So that's why they're uh, doing what they're doing. A lot of these young guys have skill, talent, work ethic. So future looks bright. Oh, thanks a bunch. It's a great note to uh, to end it on, great message to end it on as well. And thank you for taking the uh, time out. Again, a, a busy, emotional day for you. Uh, I'm sure Blackhawk fans are thrilled for you, even though they're, they're going to miss you so much, and I'm sure it's uh, it's vice versa. Thanks for uh, being a blast to cover over the course of the last 10 years. I, I know you said earlier today, it ain't done, you're going to be around, and uh, we certainly all look forward to that, too. Thanks a bunch, Andrew. Thanks, guys. appreciate it. Have a good one. Andrew you're the man, Shawzy. Andrew Shaw joining us here on Blackhawks Live as we wish him best. Uh, moving forward here, as he announced earlier today, his playing days are over after a 10-year career in the NHL. Time for another break. We'll be back on the other side with another two-time Stanley Cup winner. That's Dave Boland. When we return after a check of the uh, bottom of the hour, just a little past that, news headlines coming your way with Steve Ruxton on 720 WGN. Boland racing over the brown line. Dave enough for a leak. He fires from the right circle. Stick save made by Rass. Here's Oduya drive. They all to score! It's Boland in front of the net! Oduya fired a shot and deflected it on Rask! He left the rebound in the paint of the crease, and there was Dave Boland to drive it home! 58 seconds away from the Stanley Cup are the Chicago Blackhawks! They lead the Bruins 3-2! That's John Wideman jumping out of the announcer's booth uh, some eight years ago in Boston. 
After the second goal in 17 seconds, welcome back to Blackhawks Lab, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive, along with Nick Gizmati. I am Chris Bowden, and we are happy to be joined by the man who delivered that second goal in 17 seconds. We've had a mutt on, and now we have a rat on. Dave Boland. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining us here. Great to hear from you. We last saw you during uh, one more shift uh, a couple of Octobers ago, and uh, glad to catch up with you again. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and uh, so you uh, I know you said you were in contact with Andrew a little bit earlier on today, and uh, just uh, want to – I would imagine you guys were two peas in a pod, man, with, the, with your style of play and everything like that. Got to share that 2013 uh, Stanley Cup with him. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, Andrew Shaw and what it was like to have him as a teammate. Yeah, it was Shazi. I was probably getting into my fourth year, um, 2010. He, I think, came in around 2011, 2012, around yep. that time. Yep. So I was just, uh, we won our first Stanley Cup, and uh, I still remember him coming out for practice the one day, and he was practicing like he played. He was he was being a bit of a, a little pest out there, and... <laughs> I remember looking around and saying, who is this kid? Um, I thought I was the, the pest and the rat, but, uh, but he, uh, he came in and he, uh, he put a stamp on himself and, and he was a, uh, a good, good teammate and a good player for us, uh, down those, uh, that, that 2013 Stanley Cup run. But, uh, Shazi was a, uh, a great person, a great teammate and, uh, all the above that, uh, I, he did, uh, he did a lot for, for the, for the Hawks and, he put his uh, heart on his shoulder and uh, started on his sleeve, and, and you could see it, see the way he played. But uh, he was a great teammate and a great friend, and uh, uh, he did all the best. So congratulations, Shazi. Yeah, and uh, um, you always have that brotherhood from the 2013 season. I imagine he's going to be reaching out a little bit more on how, how you handle this thing after the playing days are over. Tell us a little bit about what uh, what you've been doing with your time, just kicking back, taking it easier. You got your hands in something, and, and also have, have you been watching – uh, this year's Hawks, have you had a chance to, to uh, take note of them and, and uh, see what they're doing at all? Yeah, so uh, since I've been done, I was living in Florida for a bit, uh, then moved back to Canada. Uh, COVID happened, so we're kind of stuck back in London, Ontario. Uh, so we're just hanging tight and hoping this is all over soon and we can get back to some normal normalcy and, and get back to uh, come come back to Chicago to watch the Hawks play. Uh and to, to get back traveling, I know everybody misses misses it, and uh, we all do. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I've been watching a little of the Hawks this year, and they've been streaky. They've been hot and cold, hot and cold. But uh, hey, like uh, you still got some great players, and you got some great great guys in that team. You still got uh, Dunks and and Kaner, and then you got Strom and and DeBrincat, uh that uh, are some young players that, that have been stepping up and. Uh, I think uh, they've got they've got some groove there and they've got some some grit. Uh, I think they're still still there and they're still in the, still in the mix. Bowles, we kind of talked a little bit about it with uh, with with Andrew, but the the future does look bright for this organization. The way that they've sort of been able to do things and the way they've sort of positioned themselves, and even though there are moments, especially this season, when you could take the opportunity, or even before the season started, and be like, "Oh man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a long haul." I, I would argue that these guys are ahead of the curve. Would you not? I, I'm yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think you got some great management in the stand, and 
<clears throat> everybody up top there, uh, some great scout and scouts that, that go out and, and do the work and, and work and find these players. Uh, cause it's, it's, it's not that easy. It's, you're going to find some players out there that are a little bit of a diamond in the rough and a guy like Shazi, uh, Shazi coming up was passed on. I think he said two times or a few times there in the draft and, yeah. uh, you, they, they find these guys and Hey, find a guy like Andrew Shaw that came in, uh, put up 40, 50 points a year and, and, and was a, uh, was a force and, and helped us with a Stanley cup was, was tremendous. But, uh, I think, with these Hawks these days, uh, sorry, how they are right now, they're, I think, I think they're still right there. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that they're going to be like this for a while. Uh, you can, you can implement a few other guys here and there, find a, maybe a, another gritty third line guy like Dave Boland uh, to fit in there, <laughs> but, uh, you're but, ready. Uh, but, but, but yeah, I wish. Let's get him uh, back in. I, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to, but, uh, but the Hawks, I think they're right there. They're, they're like, I think, the management is doing a great job in finding players and implementing players around. Uh, now, now you got to kind of look at Strom and, and Debrinkat. Uh, those are going to be their their two guys. Uh, the, the, and you still got Kaner there. He'll always be. Uh, I don't think he'll ever get old. I think he'll play till he's fifty and still put up a hundred <laughs> points a year. But uh, but uh, <laughs> but but I, I think I think the Hawks are still right there. They're, 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 there's nothing that uh, that says that. that that they're done. Yep. Uh, I think they're still right there. Yeah, the process is is continuing with bringing in uh, yeah some of this uh, this fresh blood here. I want to get your reaction. As much as a pain is in the in the you know what as you were as a player to other teams. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you felt a little bit. How would Dave Boland handle uh, playing the same seven teams over and over again eight times over the course of a four month fifty six game season? Uh, would you relish that, or would you not be able? Would, would that just just drive you crazy, or a little bit of both? Uh, it would. I think it would drive me crazy. It would drive me crazy. I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot of guys on the other team trying to rip my head off and <laughs> trying to slash me and do something to me. Um, yeah, it's going to be different now. And just imagine, imagine if we had to play Vancouver seven times. That's where I was going next. Little, you and the Sedin twins. Back, but, <laughs> That's right. Imagine that. They would be scrapped. They'd be brought like there'd be there'd be guys walking out with no limbs. Um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really weird. Like I like watching it, it's like well uh, meantime I'm here in Canada, so I'm kinda watching all the, the Canadian teams and it, it is getting a little boring. Uh like I I, I wanna see what's gonna happen when like Toronto goes over and plays Tampa, Chicago and all these other teams, uh and see what it, vice versa when teams cross over here. So it's it's going to be different. It's going to be weird. Uh, I know it's going to be, it's going to be yeah. It's just going to be weird going in being like, oh, here we go. We're playing uh, Nashville again. Uh, let's get up for this. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's it's such a it's such a weird year. But the playing the same teams is is one thing. But uh, you know, a shortened training camp, a condensed schedule. I'm sure you're still talking with some of the guys in the room and and whatnot, uh, Bulls. But I mean, how, how does how, how do you how do you make this adjustment and then and then furthering that point how do you switch back to going to what will be quote unquote normal next year in a regular season yeah no 100% i think the guys are just uh, not saying they want to get this season over with but i think for them it's just say hey, let's let's do the work let's do what we need to do get the season over with um it's it's these are tough times for everybody uh all around the world uh so it's it's going to be tough for for the guys on the ice uh, and 
just doing what they do. Like uh, you got to give them respect for for what they do. Um, but uh, I think they're they're just saying, hey, let's do what we need to do. Hey, it's still a season. There's still a Stanley Cup on the line. Uh, we still got a battle. Um, but uh, hopefully next year we'll be back to normal and. I, I can't wait to come back to Chicago and watch a few games. Yeah, we can't wait to wait to see you back here again. Hey, and, and good luck uh, if, if this was happening in 09 and, and 10 with those Blackhawks teams that you were on telling them to stay in a hotel room while they were out on the road. Uh, I, I don't know if that would have been at all possible with uh, with that group that you had here. But uh, I don't think so. As as we uh, as we let you go and cut you loose here, how many times do you think of the Stanley Cup clinching goal? Is it is it is it a recurring dream? I hope I hope it ends the same way every single time. And uh, how many how many times how many times does that uh, that cross your mind? Oh, whether it's uh, multiple times a day, in a week, uh, in a month, and uh, I'm sure you uh, I'm sure all the the Twitter love that you get from all the people in opposing cities that I, I see you going back and forth with. There's always some jabs going back and forth in in typical Dave Bowen fashion, but you always have that to fall back on and your two rings. So how many times does that goal uh, come back to you, whether it's uh, in a day or a week or a month or whatnot? I think it comes every probably once a week. There's something that happens that uh, like here in Canada, you got the we got all the hockey networks and uh, they were playing the top tens of this, the top tens of that, <laughs> and um, excuse me. And there's usually uh, <clears throat> either every second week or something like that. There's something on like about Stanley Cup winning goals or. Stanley Cup something. So it, it, it reoccurs a lot, and it comes up on Twitter. And 100%, I dream about it all the time. You still get goosebumps. Uh, I miss those days. Uh, those days are in Chicago. I cherish them uh, a whole lot. And uh, I miss Chicago, and uh, I miss everything about Chicago and the city. Uh, everybody was so great to me there. Everybody was so nice, uh, welcomed me in uh, as like I was from Chicago. So uh, I cherish that, and uh, I'll take that to the day I die, that, uh, hey, I'll always miss playing for Chicago and, and doing anything for Chicago because uh, that's probably the best city to uh, the play in. Well, you were right in the middle of uh, creating some of those memories, and I'm sure Blackhawk fans will always uh, be grateful and thankful for you for doing that, and it's uh, always fun catching up to you. We uh, we hope to see you back here soon as well, and uh, hey, get ready to uh, become a counselor for number 65 over there. I think, I think he's probably <laughs> going to be back in touch with you a little bit about uh, what do I do now. So uh, appreciate you jumping on, and uh, th- thanks for spending a-, a few minutes with us. Anytime, Chris, Nick, whenever you need anything, just let me know. I'm always here. We might take you up on that. Dave Boland joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. A little more Blackhawks conversation before we hit the road here. We'll send it down the home stretch. Time for another break on 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Nick Ismondi and Chris Bowden had an absolute blast there visiting with uh, both Dave Boland and Andrew Shaw, looking back and having some fun and uh, Stanley Cup uh, Stanley Cup championship glory years. You know, and, and as we turn to the present here and what's straight ahead of this Blackhawks, of course, a little bit of a disappointing week last night. Despite uh, last week, despite a, an absolutely thrilling game last Wednesday, you know the Blackhawks pulling one out as they did against the Nashville Predators. But you know, eight games to go here. They're playing all teams above them as they were heading into last week against Nashville. And despite that disappointment, 
I think the thing we have to look for in the big picture here, while the door is not completely closed on this season, I got got sent sent, uh, this a little bit earlier. The only NHL team with more skaters under the age of 24 years of age is the New Jersey Devils. They have 17 on their roster. The Blackhawks have 15. And I think, you know, as much as Blackhawk fans may be a little bit disappointed that Nashville in particular has their number here, um, big picture wise, this team has hung tough and been a factor and, and kept themselves in the race. Since March started, we all knew how brutal the March schedule was going to be, Nick. This team has won 12 and lost 13 over the last 25 games since the beginning of March. That is not bad when you look at the, the makeup of this roster and what's really hurt them is not being able to push some of those regulation losses into overtime. That's where you can collect some cheap points there, even if you lose, gathering some points and keeping yourself a little closer to the picture. Again, yeah, you know that's something that you and I talked about when we when we started the show back in January. But you know, it was going to be the fact that those games that you gave away a point, even if you won in overtime, those one points that you gave away to your to guys that are now hunting you down in the standings, those are the ones that hurt. But I do love the moxie of this team. I love the makeup of this team, and and more so, I love the experience that these guys are getting. To, and and to your point, these young guys that are that are getting this intensity in this final push in these eight games. They're not it's not over yet. It's not mathematically over yet and you know, you can give up if you want to, but that's not the moxie in this room. That room's not going to give up. This room's going to try to win every single last game that they have left uh, on the schedule. So, and I think that those lessons and that importance and the way that they were able to come together and the way that they were able to sort of develop a little bit of scar tissue this year and overcome some things and look around in the room and and see what the next generation of the Chicago Blackhawks is going to look like is insanely valuable. And and I think that's what you're getting out of this group right now. Uh, Jeremy's got full control of these guys. Future's bright. There's veterans that are there. You heard Bolin talking about DeBrinkhead and, and Strom and Kirby Doc and 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 you know and Kane's going to play for another thirty years, I'm sure. So you know you you're you're in fine shape right now, and uh, you know try to enjoy the rest of this ride and, and and look at the positives of what what the Hawks are gaining and and how it's going to help out long term and. And how the, the a year like this is going to put the Stanley Cup back in that city quicker. All right, quicker, my friend. M- mark your calendar. It's Wednesday next week. Okay. Blackhawks with it. games Check. Monday and Tuesday against Carolina in Carolina in Raleigh. So our uh, next edition, when we get back together, is going to be next Wednesday from 7-8. Great job as always tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Boats. Have a great week. Bye, Curtis. You too. Nick uh, Gizmati joining us here. We want to also thank, as Nick mentioned, our producer, Curtis Koch, as well as our engineer, Krista Flores. Thanks to Blackhawks Media Relations for helping us uh, set up Andrew Shaw. Thanks to Andrew for joining us, as well as Dave Boland. Coming up after the 8 o'clock news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with Steve Ruxin, it's John Landecker. And join us tomorrow at 6.30 for the pregame, 7 o'clock for the puck drop as the Blackhawks play host to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, thanks for listening to Blackhawks Live. Join us again next Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Have a great night, everyone.